Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Big Ten Hoops Weekly. I'm Brett, and I'm, I'm here, as always, with Steve. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Doing, doing great. Uh, conference play is in full swing, and we got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. Yeah, that's that's a very, very good way of putting it. I think uh, it was an, an interesting uh, week for the conference as a whole. Um, I still don't know if any team except Purdue is any good. Um that's, I feel like, going to be a hot-button issue the rest of the way uh, as we consider a conference that does not have a lot of separation right now except for a couple teams right at the bottom there. Um, so I think the best thing to do is start right at the top and talk about the probably upset of the year so far uh, that happened all the way back on Monday. So, you know, it was it was, uh, it was was a bit ago, so hopefully you can uh, stretch back and, and remember that far back. Uh, Rutgers went into Mackey Arena and uh, scored... The, a huge win uh, over Purdue, and I, I mean they 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 do have a track record of of giving Purdue hell, but they were able to uh, really you know go in and go into Mackey, knock off an undefeated Purdue. Uh, really strong game across the board for for Rutgers, led by Paul Mulcahy with 16, eight rebounds, six assists, but also Cam Spencer, who has been really shooting the ball well recently. Uh, kind of took him a few games to to settle in but ended with 14 points, including what were what was the game-winning three-pointer. Uh, Cliff O'Mary, uh was able to chip in 12. And I think the big thing there um, is that Rutgers was able to get Zach Eady in early foul trouble, and it really kind of kind of went from there. They're able to build a you know a relatively uh, sizable lead kind of towards the end of the first quarter, going up by as much as uh, nine or first quarter, first half, um, going up by as much as nine and getting getting what they need to do done. So, Steve, what reasons do you take on on this game? We haven't really talked about this that much with Purdue, but the thing that's been incredible about the run so far that led them to be undefeated and ranked number one in the country, you know, as of Monday, is, is the fact that like they're really doing this without a super talented roster. Um, you know, they, they have Edie. He's a National Player of the Year candidate. But, like, I mean, their second leading scorer, I believe, is Fletcher Lawyer, who's, like, Something like 30th in the conference in scoring. What's been incredible is their ability to, you know, play team basketball and do it in a way where they're like maximizing Edie and one of their strengths. But um, you, you you wonder just like as the game slows down and they get into conference play and they, you know, aren't sneaking up on people anymore, will other teams be able to hang with them? And I think you know you you kind of saw that here. You know, Cam Spencer hit a huge shot. And and really, actually, I think the, the biggest thing that I saw was down the stretch, um, Edie didn't really want the ball in this game. And then, you know, when, when you're Purdue, you're just kind of left with not really a, a playmaker after that. So I think the thing that I'd look at if you're Purdue going forward, you know, and, and they did have a pretty good rest of the week picking up a, another couple of key wins against good teams this week. But, um, you know, when the game gets close and they're playing – kind of similar level competition, you know, do they have a playmaker on offense that can really create their own shot and and win them games down the stretch? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And again, with with a really young backcourt in Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, I think uh, both freshmen and we'll see that eventually. I think it's an interesting ask uh, as far as this year goes. Um, so, you know, we, we mentioned Rutgers coming in, getting a tough win, but there are a couple other teams that really needed wins heading into this week. And, uh, we saw two, uh, a few of them get, get some really big wins. Uh, and we'll start by talking about Iowa, which actually picked up two big wins this week. 
they overcame a 20-point deficit versus Indiana to come back and win that game at home in a game that did see Race Thompson go down uh, with an injury that that kept him out of out of Sunday's game as well. Um, and then they went into the rack on Sunday and and got a huge win over Rutgers in a game that they really never never trailed in. They were just on Rutgers from the beginning, and they've you know we were kind of not encouraging Iowa fans to hit the panic button, but uh, we we're concerned after their their three last games, uh, losing to not super quality competition. But I think you know they're they're back in terms of of really scoring, and they're getting more diverse scoring uh, more diverse scoring loads than I guess than we had expected. I think, and and we're going to have to be careful with this all throughout the season, you know, when we just talk about the ups and downs that each team kind of goes through when you're kind of going through the circuit that this conference is, is going to force you to go through. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I totally agree, right? Like Iowa was almost on the verge of their season collapsing, starting, you know, with starting really with that loss to Eastern Illinois and then a shaky start to conference play with a loss to Nebraska. I mean, I would say they saved their tournament chances by that win against Indiana. And then, you know, to go into Rutgers and score the way that they did, um, I think is super, super impressive. Um, you, you really have to credit Fran McCaffrey for keeping this team together. Um, I know he's the butt of a lot of people's jokes in this conference, but he's starting to just put together a track record that, you know, proves they're consistent in their identity. Um, you know, Keegan Murray played all 40 minutes on Thursday you know, and scored, th- scored 30 points on 18 shots. So he's still playing super efficiently. And yeah, you know, they had five guys in double figures um, in, in that game to help them get the win there. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but Iowa um, has a, a big game coming up next week, you know, against Michigan at home, which is a team kind of in a coming off of a similarly, you know, uh, point where they were kind of going through a low. So, um, we'll see if Iowa can turn this into an extended hot streak or whether this is just kind of a blip that's going to be part of the roller coaster ride of this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we're going to see a lot of that across the conference. I will make a note that uh, Fran McCaffrey probably should have been tossed from that Indiana game for basically trying to fight Mike Woodson is kind of what it looked like. Um, but that's probably a conversation for for another day. But, yes, I think it's good to see a balanced offensive attack from Iowa that, you know, we were kind of worried about them getting too reliant on Chris Murray. Um, but it's, I've been really impressed by Robracha, uh, really kind of going up and, and really holding his own against, uh, against bigger, bigger centers. And, and, you know, I've been kind of quick to bag on him recently. So definitely credit where credit's due for, for a lot of guys in Iowa. Um, and then we, next we moved to Champaign where, uh, Illinois was on the verge of going, oh, and what was coming into the, the game against Wisconsin, oh, and three. And managed to take care of business uh, against a Tyler Wall list Wisconsin uh, after just getting humiliated at, at Northwestern. And uh, thanks to, you know, and we'll talk about that, the Northwestern side later. But in a game where Illinois really looked like they didn't give a shit. And it just, they were huck- too content to huck up threes. And against the Northwestern defense that is definitely exploitable by some of their wing talent. So it was good for Illinois that they were able to kind of regroup and and get to the basket and hold their own defensively against, against Wisconsin that even though they were missing their best player still hung around. Um, and I think the most encouraging thing was, was Coleman Hawkins hitting six threes uh, going six for eight from three for 20 points where he'd been shooting about 26%. So do we think the Illini are back on track or is this more of a one game blip? Do you think? Well, I, I think the thing that we have to talk about with the Illini, though, was the 
the the not on the court news that broke this week um, with the announcement that their point guard Sky Clark is stepping away from the team and intends to transfer. Um, I don't know that we need to spend too much time on the cause of that or, you know, whether it's coaching, whether it's something, um, you know, like an interpersonal issue or just kind of something he's, he's going through, um, you know, in his own, in his, his own life. But, um, you know, I, I think putting that aside, um, I think the thing that we saw in this Illinois game, which is sort of emblematic of, what we've seen the rest of the season from Illinois is they sort of live and die with how well Taryn Shannon does, you know, and he had, you know, 24, 24 points this game shot a high percentage from the field, had eight rebounds to go along with it. I mean, I, uh, he has to be, you know, him and Coleman Hawkins kind of have to be elite for this team to be good with sort of Michael Mayer, not, um, you know, I, I guess kind of not living up to his offseason potential. Their top 50 point guard now not being in the picture. And, you know, Melendez may be underperforming you know, in a year or two. The, this, the success of this team is going to ride with those two players. And honestly, it may not be enough with just the level of competition they're going to go up on a day-to-day basis. I think it was, you know, this was a desperate team. They needed to get this win. They got it against the undermanned Wisconsin team. But I, I don't know that, like, this is this means that they're going to suddenly turn around their season. Yeah, that's that's a very fair point. I think that, you know, obviously like having not that they don't win this game with with Wall in there, but having Wall shadow guy like Shannon instead of throwing a 6-3 Max Klesman on him kind of makes that game a whole different thing. Let's Shannon utilize his his rim running a lot better. But I was really just encouraged with the body language I saw from that Illinois team. It looked like, you know, during Northwestern, as I've as I've said during that game, it looked like they really didn't want to be there. Um, but they were really feeding off each other. And I think, you know, I still really like what I'm seeing from Epps, uh, who has continued coming off the bench, uh, and Harris, who's just an absolute pest on the defensive end. So I think that I think there's something there. I think it just needs to be more consistent for for this group going forward. Uh, and then kind of last in this group of teams, uh, we have the Maryland Terrapins, which used a huge game from Jameer Young uh, to down Ohio State at home uh, in in a game they really needed. They were coming in 0-4 in conference and, you know, had a huge win. Um, and, you know, obviously no Zed Key for Ohio State. But, uh, you know, Jameer Young went absolutely nuts kind of, and was really able to kind of get into the paint and and, and attack in a way that he really – hasn't shown in in Big Ten play especially, uh, but really kind of on the season as a whole for this Maryland team. Um, and, you know, we, we had Ohio State now has two losses this week after a really close one against Purdue. Does this show positive growth for Maryland or are we just, you know, is it, hey, look, they took down a tired and undermanned Ohio State team? Uh, no, I, I think it shows positive growth. I mean, I think the the funny mathematical part about like Maryland's struggles is is in their last two games they they literally like could not get to 20 points scoring in the first half of both of those games like their offense was just awful in the in the first half of games and it, like you know one of those games was against Rutgers at the rack so okay maybe give them a pass there but you know again the the game before that was against Michigan you know they also showed the a similar trend in a game earlier this season when they played Tennessee. I mean, um, <laughs> like they, they were just finally ready, you know, and presumably being at home, I think helped and, and getting kind of an outlierish performance from Jameer Young, which we hadn't seen yet, something like that yet this year. Like, I think, I think th- those are definitely good signs. Um, but, 
you know, I, I think, like, like I mean, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but you, you, you can't, like, especially if you're going to go in in this conference and try to get road wins, you know, you can't have performances like this team had in their previous two conference games, and they finally put together a strong performance when when they needed it. I mean, if you're Ohio State, I think that thing that we've been talking about them is just their consistency and. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, I know they dropped the home game to Purdue, but I, I don't know that you can chalk that up to a bad loss. And then, you know, they ran into a desperate Maryland team on the road. I wouldn't um, really be worried um, if you're Ohio State, especially, you know, Sunsonball and Suing both had good games. Um, but I, I think this game was more about Maryland's desperation. And <laughs> as we go through this conference season, we're going to see kind of teams go through these temporary dry spells and come, come out desperate. And that's why we're probably going to have a lot of teams in between eight and 12 wins um, in conference play when the season ends. Yeah, I will say I, I just continue to be really impressed by Sensabaugh and suing. Um, and I think that if Ohio state gets that third guy to really kind of step up consistently, the dynamic of that team changes uh, significantly as opposed to kind of looking to see, Oh, will it be McNeil? Will it be Thornton? Will it be likely like, you know, Zed key obviously brings a, a huge, a huge, uh, part to this team and, and not having him for this game really hurt them. But uh, I think there has to be some some consistency there going forward. But yes, uh, impressive win for Maryland today as in a desperately need one as well. Needed one as well, as uh, as Steve alluded to. Uh, and so we want to hit on a couple more game, a couple more teams as we before we head into this week's preview. Uh, we've, I feel like we haven't really talked about uh, Michigan State much in the last couple weeks, uh, but they had a 2-0 week, uh, blowing Nebraska out of the water, and then uh, having coming on the right, coming out on the right side of a rock fight against Michigan, uh, a Michigan team that is still, you know, looking for kind of that that a, a marquee win of sorts. Um, but I think you know. I would, Obviously, there were the two games back end of December or end of November, beginning of December that they dropped consecutively in Notre Dame and Northwestern. Uh, but Michigan State's won six in a row and uh, seems to be moving forward, especially moving forward well, especially with uh, Malik Hall back in the mix. So what do you what do you think is uh, is going on here? I think they're they're really establishing their identity on the defensive end of the the floor. Um, this, this is not an explosive Michigan State offense, even though at times it, it looks like they, they want it to be, at least with the, the way they push the ball. Um, but, you know, they, what, what's been apparent to me as the calendar's flipped here is they, I mean, they are leaning in on defense. And, um, I mean, you know, they've always been, I think, tough historically. But I think this year you're going to, you know, it's evident that they've taken it to another level. Uh, Nebraska shot 12% from three in their game earlier this week. And really, I mean, they shut down uh, essentially everybody on, on Michigan in, in that first half of the game, Hunter Dickinson in particular. So, um, you, you know, I think the, the thing that I called out particularly about the game was the, the game against Michigan was, was point guard play. And it, this, the Spartans run two point guards out in most lineups that they have when they have Huggard and Tyson Walker in there. Um, and that allows them to grind out possessions. You know, Tyson Walker had two really, really good games this week. And I think, you know, with Malik Hall back and fully healthy, they have at least a, a guy that looks like, you know, can be a superstar on any given night. So, 
um, you know, they're, they're going to start to look dangerous. The question is going to be, can they put together any sort of offensive consistency? Cause you know, they're going to bring it on the defensive end. Yeah. And I, I, I think Hagard is really settling into the role of like playmaking point guard where he's, as I think the last couple of years, he's really kind of tried to force things offensively, especially when Walker wasn't in the game. Um, but he's able to coexist really well. He's actually fourth in the country in assist rate right now. So it's, it's really very impressive kind of how he's shifted his game to really benefit the team as a whole. And I think if they can get Joey Hauser back on track from three, they're, they're really going to kind of open up some of that offense and let, let Hagard move to the hoop. Uh, and I think we'll see that, you know, if that comes to fruition in the next couple of weeks. And then I think the, the other big one, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at probably most impressive of the week is the Northwestern Wildcats, which, uh, I'm not sure we thought we would be saying in 2023, at least until next season starts. Um, but, I mean, what a week for the Wildcats, you know, not only just really taking control against Illinois at home, but getting out to a huge lead and holding on at, again, undermanned Indiana. But, you know, going into going into Assembly Hall is not an easy task, regardless of who you are. Um, and I think that we finally saw that breakout offensive game from Boo Booey today with with 26 points. Uh, Chase Adige chipped in 19 and had an excellent game against Illinois. Um and even though Jalen Hood Shafino went for 33, uh, it was all for naught as Northwestern pulled off the upset in Bloomington. Yeah, so the, the the Wildcats are really, I mean, I think taking the, we talked about rock fights with Michigan State earlier, but they are really embracing just turning games into rock fights, really, really in, in two ways. A, um, that they, they, I don't know if this is too much of a hot take to say this, but they, they might have the best defense in the conference, you know, and we just talked about Michigan state, you know, and we've talked about Rutgers a lot in their defense that Northwestern might have the best defense in the conference. And I think that was on full display, you know, against the Illini. But I think the other thing too, and it was kind of on, on display against Indiana today, you know, they forced 16 turnovers out of the Hoosiers. Um, but the other thing is Northwestern really gets to the free throw line. Um, incredibly well, and and those trends reared their head specifically in these two games this week. They they doubled up um, Indiana on free throws, 26 to 14, and you know free throws were I think the biggest storyline um, in that game against Illinois earlier this week. So yeah, I think their they uh, their identity is clearly a grind you out, you know, play physical um, type of team. But I, I think the key is. Bowie and Adige feel very comfortable playmaking when they have to. Um, and, and that's, you know, giving them just enough offense to keep grinding out these quality wins. Yeah, absolutely. And so for, for the record, Northwestern has the eighth best defense in the entire country uh, and re- second in the conference to Rutgers, which is, which currently sits at three, uh, obviously adjusted for tempo and all that, but they also have the 162nd best offense in the country is, is Northwestern. So yeah, I think they really, you know, obviously today against Indiana was was great. They scored 84 points and 74 possessions. Uh, so I think that they're they're getting there, and they had another nice showing above a, a point per possession against Illinois. But um, well, it'll be interesting to see as we kind of get down the meat grinder of this schedule if that if that continues. Uh, and then one more game to note. Um, you know, Purdue playing Penn State at the Palestra uh, kind of overcame a, a less than stellar first half. Uh, and I'm assuming that. Um, basically all that Matt Painter wanted to say at halftime was give the ball to Zach, please. Um, probably not quite as polite as I did, but, uh, Zach Eady had 30 points, uh, 13 rebounds, six of them offensive, uh, 30 points on 21 shots, 
only went to the free throw line twice. This game was very light on on free throws. But and Jalen Pickett did his best, and and I think we're gonna eventually have to make a formal apology to him at some point. Um, and it, as he had 26 points against against a good Purdue defense, but that was enough for for Purdue to get over the hump. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith each ch- chipped in 17 and 15 respectively, and uh, Purdue was really able to take control in the second half. Yeah, my my biggest takeaway here. So, I, I mean, I know we we kind of um, talked about some of Purdue's weaknesses when we talked about Rutgers' win over them, but you know, to to pick up two road wins this week after that, um, I think shows that they're you know well coached and still committed to their identity of you know being a team whose offense runs through their big guy, but you know their complementary players can still contribute when needed. I, I think the biggest takeaway here is. You know, while you warned everyone that dreams go to die at the Bryce Jordan Center last week, they clearly don't go to die at the Palestra. So maybe Penn State's athletic department should note that when they try to schedule a conference game there next time. They've they've actually I heard this on the broadcast. They've been playing games there for like the last five years. And somehow this is the first time I noticed that. Um, So with that in mind, uh, I think it's time to head to the preview. Uh, Steve, you want to take it away for what we're looking for on Tuesday? Yeah, and and I think we'll we'll try to be as choppy as we can with these. But I think you know with, with Michigan State heading to Wisconsin, uh, I mean first to forty-seven wins that game probably. Um, you you might know more about whether um, uh, about whether Wisconsin injuries have any potential to I think be resolved by that game. But um, you know M- Michigan State's heating up, you know, and the way they play travels so. Um, Wisconsin got off to a good, good start in conference here, but, uh, we'll see how well they can defend their home court, you know, with them potentially feeling a little desperate, um, coming off a frustrating loss to the Illini. Uh, I think with, with Illinois going to Nebraska, Nebraska has proven that they're not a walkover this year. And I think we'll learn a lot about how Illinois locker room is, um, to see that there's not a letdown after their big win over Wisconsin. Yeah, I think just uh, for the record, I guess Tyler Wall did, I guess, did apparently warm up uh, against Illinois, but ultimately obviously did not play. He's still kind of status up in the air for Tuesday, and I think he's going to be a big key. But uh, I'll be at the game on Tuesday, so if anyone sees me, say hello. Um, I'll be in a Frank Kaminsky jersey. Um, On Wednesday, we've got two interesting games. We've got Indiana going to Penn State. Uh, Things are bad in Bloomington right now, and it's not all... You know, the players fall, obviously losing Xavier Johnson, losing Brace Thompson uh, are not good for any. I mean, you, you can't really afford to lose two starters in any if you're any college basketball team. But I mean, Trace Jackson Davis has been playing out of his mind. Jalen Huchifino had an, had an amazing game against Northwestern and it got them nowhere. Um, they're really not getting other. They're not getting they're not getting contributions from a lot of guys on their roster. Um, and it's it's going to show, uh, you know, two straight losses. Uh one huge collapse and one where they got just kind of smoked at the beginning and made a valiant effort that fell short. Uh, I have a hard time seeing how they're going to be able to contain Penn state defensively. Um, and Penn, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, although very good is on the smaller side and Penn state's had a better time dealing with kind of that type of big, as opposed to your Hunter Dickinson. So uh, I, I don't see a reason why Penn state loses this game. And I think if they really want to try and make the tournament, they kind of have to win this game. So I'm looking for Pickett to have another big game. And then uh, we've got Rutgers Northwestern and what will be, Oh God, there's going to be a lot of defense in this game. Uh, I do not think there will be a lot of offense, but I think 
you know, I think we'll see a, a, an okay atmosphere in uh, in Evanston, and I think that if you know Nicholson can kind of make Omari a little bit uncomfortable and Audige and Bowie can continue their hot shooting, I think Northwestern may be able to uh, to spring that win. All right, then to Thursday's slate. So for first off, Minnesota travels to Columbus to take on the Buckeyes. I'm looking for the Buckeyes to rebound from their tough week and take care of business against the Gophers. Um, and then in that Michigan-Iowa game. So I, I would actually circle this one. Just I think in terms of um, – you know, just conference tournament aspiration or NCAA tournament aspirations for both of these teams in the conference. It's too early to, for there to be elimination games at this point. But, you know, if you're you're Michigan, you kind of need to find ways to win a couple of games that you're not really supposed to win um, in order to make up for your poor uh, non-conference um, showing, in particular that loss to Central Michigan. And, and, and this is one of these that I think is gettable if you're the Wolverines. Um, but if you're Iowa on the flip side, you're, you're looking to rebound from, uh, to continue their hot streak, um, and try to sort of offset that loss to Nebraska and loss to Eastern Illinois with quality wins. So th- this is sort of almost one where, where both teams really need it. And if they don't get it, their seasons could take turns for the worse. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of defense in this game. Um, it, it, it should be more of a shootout. I'm looking at that Jet Howard, Keegan Murray matchup. Um, to sort of see who wins there. Murray's been getting the best out of his defenders to this point in the season, um, and he's going to need to continue that if the Hawkeyes are going to outscore Michigan. On to Friday. Yes, on Friday, the first game we have is Nebraska coming to Mackey. Um, You know, this has all the makings of a game that Purdue should win. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting watching either Smith or Lawyer try and run around and contain Sam Griesel, who did not have a good game uh, this week uh, against Michigan State, um, Nebraska overall just, you know, they're they're going to have a hard time because they, they like to run some of their offense through Derek Walker in the post. And uh, Edie is going to be a big disruptor there. So And Walker also doesn't step outside and shoot it. So I think we're going to need – Nebraska is going to really have to try and be deliberate in the half court and, may, and strike in transition while they can. Uh, and then we have Michigan State going down to Champaign. Um, again, I think – you know, assuming Illinois can pull it out, uh, pull out a win at Nebraska, this is going to be another big test uh, just with a Michigan State team that really will make life hell for them on defense. and has the the size in the wings to kind of look at to kind of contain um, guys like Meyer and potentially Shannon, although I think Shannon could have a big game if if someone smaller is matched up on him or Hauser's matched on him for some reason. Uh, guard play is going to be big in this one. And uh, I think Haggard could really do a good job setting the table for uh Tyson Walker against some of the more inexperienced Illinois guards moving on to Saturday yeah only only one matchup um in the conference on on Saturday but it's a it's a premier one um Wisconsin travels to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers this I guess will be the uh the the Wisconsin's second uh game in in three against kind of a premier one of the premier teams in the conference on the road um you know, I, I'm looking in two spots at, at this game. Uh, Trace Jackson is not Trace Jackson Davis is not going to have um, his way with Wisconsin's bigs. Um, you know, whether it's it's, it's Crowell or whoever, I, I think um, you know, Wisconsin is going to play tough defense without fouling, and I think they're going to force someone other than Trace Jackson Davis to beat them. 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if it works uh, on the road. You know, it's probably going to be a raucous atmosphere there uh, for what could be a potentially, you know, desperate Indiana team that might be on a three-game losing streak if they, they can't get out of State College with a win earlier that week. So, um, I'm also looking at the point guards, though. I mean, Chucky Hepburn had a big game on Saturday against Illinois. Um, I think he's we're starting to see that all conference type of point guard play from him that, you know, makes you think he could take his team on the road and win a game for him like this if he needs to. Um, and then the, the, the kind of lingering effects of, of race Thompson, you know, not not being there. We'll see how it impacts the game planning of this, too, because that's kind of a sharpshooter slash like wild card player that Wisconsin doesn't have to contend with. Um, so that might make their defensive game plan you know, against Trace Jackson Davis easier to kind of handle. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I think that's probably the game of the week, um, you know, in, in the conference here when you just think about pedigree of the program and, um, you know, two teams kind of going in the other direction. Yeah, I think I think that'll be an interesting one. And also just want to give a shout out to Stephen Kral. He's averaging about just north of 20 points a game his last last three and is is kind of a big, big offensive driver and showing that he can really carry carry a significant offensive load. So moving on to Sunday, uh, first thing we're looking at is Northwestern going to Ann Arbor. Um, and I, I mean, we're all, everyone here, you and I, everyone listening, knows kind of what the Big Ten is like year to year. And I think all suffice to say that we're trying to figure out when Northwestern turns back into a pumpkin. Um, not for any re- just any any reason other than historically, but I mean, we've seen stronger even late December, early January performances than normal. And I think that this is kind of going to be a big, a really big game going on the road. Um, you know, you've, 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 you're going to need big games out of your guards to kind of counteract what, what Dickinson has the ability to do in the post. Um, but you know, Adige on jet Howard is going to be a really interesting matchup that, that I'm very excited for kind of on the wings and we'll see, you know, how, what an experienced point guard like Boo Booey is able to do uh, against a freshman and Doug McDaniel and a team that doesn't have a ton of a ball handling depth. Um, but I think on the other side, I think Kobe Kobe Bufkin should be looking to to kind of continue his run of good play and, uh, you know, try and keep Michigan in it. I think Michigan can win this game. I think Michigan needs to win this game. Uh, and it should be should be should make for a fun atmosphere in Ann Arbor on Sunday. Uh, then we've got Ohio State going to the rack, and it's another another really tough tough road game for for the Buckeyes. Um, and you know, obviously, a lot's going to depend on if if Zed Key is able to kind of make the trip, because I think watching him and Omari do battle in the post is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as is McConnell on Sensabaugh and and uh, you know Mulcahy trying to bother Bruce Thornton. So I think I think that game, if Ohio State can kind of open it up and make it more of an offensive game they have a better chance to win than getting into a, a slowed down rock fight with, with Rutgers. And then we have got Maryland and Iowa, um, you know, two teams with that had really good weeks this week. Uh, I believe this is Maryland's only game this week, so they should be rested and ready. Um, and Iowa will have had a little bit of time to rest. Um, so I think that, you know, coming into Carver Hawkeye is never easy. Um, I don't really know who, I mean, I guess key Chris Murray will draw Donta Scott, um, and I think honestly, Robracha should be able to kind of get in the post and, and really, you know, try to dig on Julian Reese. So I think that there's going to be, I think it's gonna be very interesting, especially seeing if Jameer Young can kind of keep the, the, uh, high play, high level play going after his outburst against Ohio state today. Um, and so that'll do it for us here at, at big 10 hoops weekly HQ. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you can, uh, like subscribe, 
whatever you however you rate podcasts. If you got questions, send us an email, Big Ten Hoops Weekly at gmail.com. And uh we're looking forward to a good week of basketball and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.